Therapy Chat Podcast, Episode 91. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. Last week in episode 90, I spoke with Margot Borden about coming home to the soul using psychospiritual therapy. We're going to continue thinking about soul work in today's episode. I interviewed Shante McElvin. You may remember Shante from an earlier episode of Therapy Chat way back in the beginning, actually. She is a fascinating person who is so spiritual and connected with herself, nature, her community in a beautiful way. She helped me reimagine my concept about something that all women deal with. I'll let you be surprised in hearing what it is, but I hope you're going to enjoy this conversation. Shantae talks about what she's doing to help people learn how to connect with their souls in practical steps. And she talks about her own experience. So let's go ahead and get started. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. Today is a special opportunity to hear from someone who was with me in one of my earliest episodes back when Therapy Chat was called the Baltimore Annapolis Psychotherapy Podcast. Shante McElvin was my guest on episode four, and it was a beautiful interview. And I'm excited that Shante is back to talk with us again today. So, Shante, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much. It's good to be back. Yeah. We were talking a little bit before we started about how much we've both evolved in how we show up since we talked last, you know, it was about a year ago. And, um, yeah. And, you know, a lot can happen in a year, I guess. <laughs> yes. A lot can happen in a year. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just really excited to talk to you today about, you know, what you're doing now and kind of how you're, how you're working with clients, which you've really been doing all along, but I didn't understand, 
um, as deeply as I do now. So why don't you give our audience an update on your work and yourself and just what you're doing now? Okay, that sounds good. Well, I guess I wanted to mention as we were talking behind the scenes, I admitted to not fully showing up when we talked before. You mentioned you had gone to my website and you didn't see a lot of the things that are on there that are on there now. And you were like, yeah, were you doing those things? And I'm like, yep, I was doing them. I was just hiding them. So I'm excited to kind of come back this time around as we have this conversation. And I'm feeling much more free and giving myself much more permission to just really step into who I am. So I wanted to say thanks for giving me that opportunity to to show up um, as I'm going to show up today. Yeah, I'm so grateful that you're going to show us more of who you are, because it was wonderful the first time. And I think it's going to be even better now. (laughs) Cool. So what have I been up to? I've really been up to embracing my shamanic practices, owning my medicine woman uh, self. People have called me medicine woman for years. And I kind of gave them that side eye, like, I'm not quite sure. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. And so that's one of the biggest things that I've been up to is showing up in showing up in a, a bigger space within myself to claim this um, power that we all have. And so I'm helping to wake that power up in others. Just happens to be mostly women right now that is coming to me and wanting to wake up this, this inner medicine woman, this inner shaman which really is just someone who's just deeply connected to nature, deeply connected to this, this, what we call the other side of the veil, just deeply connected to the other side, the other world, and being able to move between these two worlds in a way that's harmonious and can bring back this, this wisdom, this information for all of us to receive and be a part of for our transformation, for our healing. So that's um, a big thing that I'm doing, just showing up in full force. And then, you know, I have these other services that I've brought online, but the biggest thing is I've started Soul Care University, which is huge for me because I've always talked about having a healing center, but I didn't realize that the healing center was going to be a virtual healing and empowerment center. And that's kind of what it's, it has turned into. Um, I love developing programs. That's what I did when I was a social worker. Besides working with the girls that I worked with, I love developing the programs to support them and to support their parents. And so I have all these ideas in my head. I have all these different classes in my head. I love teaching. I love um, doing the healing work. But I think I love teaching more. And so what shows up is that the healing comes through the teaching. And so I really wanted to ask the universe to open up the ideas of how to bring this this healing teaching to the world. And it was Soul Care U. It's a place where I can put on my e-courses, share this information. And really it's information of how I shifted and changed my life, how I awaken these parts within myself how I have been able to take care of myself through all these years of the ups and downs. Um, It's all the spiritual practices that have been near and dear to my heart. I'm now developing programs for other women, mostly, to 
receive them and learn them and practice them. That's so beautiful and pretty amazing to imagine that people could learn these practices for themselves virtually. Is that what you're saying? It's Soul Care U is a place for people to learn about healing practices that they can do. Yes. For themselves. For themselves. Yes. For themselves. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things when I, you know, in my own self-care uh, world, I was always looking for um, information on, well, you know, how can I meditate? Or um, I wanted to hear people's stories because I learned through stories. And so I would read people's stories in, in books uh, or I'd go to different seminars and I'm, I'm wanting to hear the stories of how did they do it? You know, what are the, the practices that they use to support themselves through their life? And I would just gobble up this information and then I would try these things and I would work with these things and I would do my own meditations and, you know, I would go outside and, you know, I'd, I'd connect with the earth. So all these different teachings I was learning and I was always kind of told in, you know, in that spiritual space, right, in our intuitive self, I was always told, you're going to teach this one day. People need to know what you're doing and how you're able to care for yourself at such a deep level. It's possible to live in this modern world, have two kids, have a partner, you know, work a nine to five, you know, doing the soccer, the basketball thing, and still deeply support your spiritual practice. Mm. And it's That important. sounds pretty revolutionary right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's huge because we're, we're in this paradigm of I can, I, can, I can be a soccer mom, you know, me, or I can be, you know, this amazing spiritual teacher. Well, it's no longer or, it's and. You know, I'm running my kids off to basketball practice and I'm also taking care of myself and supporting my clients. So it's, it's these and. And when I, I moved out of that paradigm of ors, and entered into this and, so much more became possible um, without ever forgetting that my soul nourishment comes first. Thus, Soul Care University is a reflection of that. Mm. Wow. I just have to sit there for a second. You you have so many ways that you you are doing healing work. And this this is a wonderful way for people to to learn about what some of the things are, but can you talk about them? Like what yeah. is soul care and what are some of the, the types of practices that you are teaching in soul care you? So uh, for me, soul care, it started at one level of, you know, just making sure that I took a day off of work every month, for instance. And this is when I was working my nine to five, I was working at a pretty intensive um, program where, you know, we're, we're trying to work with our girls and provide them the best that we can. And it was not very, it was not looked upon very nicely to take off a day because so much could go down, you know, as we know, when we're working in these different facilities, so much could go down in one day. But I was committed to taking one day off a month. And the day that I would choose would be the day that I was on my moon time, meaning when I was menstruating hmm. because I knew the power 
and my moon time. And that was a time to do ceremony. That was a time to nurture myself, to love myself, to drink herbal tea, to sleep, to vision, you know, so forth and so on. So every month I took off one day a month, which was my moon time. And on that day, I would journal. I would create my own ceremony. I would, you know, I would bake something or I'd make a really amazing, you know, lunch for myself. If I was cramping, then, you know, I had a special tea that I drank. I'd curl up in bed. I might watch, you know, movies all day long. I gave myself what I needed for that one day. And the next day when I showed up to work, I was refreshed. I was ready to go. And that's how it started for me. Just one day off of work. And that evolved. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I didn't even open my mouth. How'd you know I wanted to say something? Oh, you know, I'm psychic yeah. like that. <laughs> You're intuitive for sure. So, um, yeah, I, I have to say, wow. I mean, that blows me away because, I mean, it's not just about the one day off. It's the moon time. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like the Western paradigm of menstruation is it's disgusting. It's, mm -hmm. it's something to be, you try to just pretend isn't happening. You just try to forget mm -hmm. about it and get, you know, it's, it's like when you think about the parts of yourself, it's just a part that you just don't even want anything to do with. It's just something you try to, you know, get away yeah, from, Lord. Uh huh. even yeah. though every month you have to mm -hmm. deal with it. And, you know, for most people, it's, three to five days out of the month. It's not even, mm -hmm. you know, so it's not going anywhere for a long time. But the idea that that's a time of creativity and ritual and then nourishing self-care, that's just a, such a paradigm shift. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it because I was brought up in that culture as well. You know, my the sacredness of our moon time is a philosophy that I adopted. It was not one that was within my own family unit. You know, I had the classic family unit of ignore, disgusting, um, you know, wrap your napkins up in a paper bag, you know, all this, yeah. everything is dirty. Yeah. So it was just through my awakening of my spiritual practice that I began to learn what other cultures did, what other women did, Dorn, their menstruating time. And I shifted a very miserable, very painful time of the month because I had horrible cramps for many years. I shifted that actually when I was in college, when I started reading and um, opening to the ancient wisdom of our blood mysteries and of our women's wisdom of the grandmothers. When I began opening up to that wisdom, I shifted that when I was in my latter college years, to where I no longer had cramps, to where I was using my moon time as a way to set goals for my month. Like I really got deep into, I still, well, I've crone. I'm, I'm no longer um, a bleeding woman, as they say. <laughs> I've crone. Um, You've croned. <laughs> I've croned. I'm a grandmother in the, and I'm not really a grandmother, but I've crone. <laughs> I, I no longer bleed. Um, I crone early. I crone when I was like 43. I'm 47. So, um, and that's a whole nother energy. And I understand why I transitioned so early. 
but anyway, back to the moon time. So Ooh. yeah. Oh, you're you're blowing my mind. <laughs> I was keep, fine, it right? keep it up. Keep it up. Like, is this too much information, or is this just the right amount? Um. Uh, I, so I yeah, like, I like your that's... perspective, and I like your embracing of your whole self instead of yeah, you know, hiding part of yourself that our culture says is shameful. Mm-hmm. When it's really mm-hmm. just, it's, you know, women can't have children if we didn't have menstruation. Yeah, that's right. And that's soul care. For me, that is self-care. That is soul care is um, being with each part of ourselves. And um, if we are hiding to being aware that we're hiding and beginning that process of opening and peeking out the door. And so when we talk about, you know, the practices of soul care, that's kind of it. It's that peeking through the door and, you know, taking out my foot and then my leg and then the rest of my body comes through. So taking a day off was huge. Also, you know, taking the weekend to go away just to be still. So I might, you know, hang out with a friend or, you know, I may, you know, tell the family I'm going to a um, weekend retreat to rejuvenate so that I can, you know, be in nature and be by myself. Things that are a little closer to home would be to just journal. For me, journaling is huge. Journaling saved my life. It has taken me through some of the the most challenging times of my life as a child, as a teenager, as an adult. So being very intentional with my journal writing, buying special books, spending the time to explore the different journal books and different stores and actually spending a half a day just searching for the perfect one and then going to the park for two or three hours on a hike just so that I can connect with my journal and write. For me, that is soul care. That's getting in touch with all those parts of myself that I may not feel like I can on a, a regular regular day, but can certainly take that time away in order for me to do that. So um, I'm a parent, and so I talk a lot about um, the importance of getting away from my kids. <laughs> They drive me bananas sometimes. And so I give myself permission to say, I'll see y'all later. I need to go go do some stuff for myself, which might be to go to the local park and just sit for an hour or two in the sun and think and contemplate and um, explore what's going on inside of my body and what's going on inside of my emotions. That's nature therapy for me. That's how nature supports me. Um, naming trees and learning about flowers and plants and the weeds growing up around me. For me, that is huge part of my soul and self-care. For someone else, it might be painting. For someone else, it might be jogging. For someone else, it might be gazing at clouds. For someone, it could be climbing trees or just driving. Driving an hour in one direction on a road might be soothing and supporting for someone. Turn around and come back just because you're needing that space. So soul care for me really is about finding 
what nourishes me. Nourishment is what feeds us. So we think of nourishment as like certain types of food. Nourishment is what feeds us. So what feeds our soul? What nourishes our soul? Susan Weed is an amazing um, teacher. She was a mentor of mine for a number of years. And she talks about nourishment as being that when we nourish ourselves with an herb, let's say, that particular herb is the one time we use it, it is beneficial. So we don't worry about if we're going to get to use it again. That one time we drink that alfalfa infusion, all those vitamins and minerals within that alfalfa is nourishing our body. That one time we are getting the benefit. So it only takes one time, one thing, and our soul benefits from that one time. We don't have to worry about, oh, when am I going to get another day off or when am I going to do this again? It doesn't matter because that one time we do something to nourish our soul, we get the benefit. Hmm. That's a great message because, you know, I think that that can be a deterrent to making the time as, oh, I wouldn't be able to keep this up. Oh, taking one day off per month is too hard. Just start with the one day. Mm-hmm. Start with a half a day. Yeah. How many times do we leave work to go to a doctor's appointment? Oh, I got to leave at 12 today. I got a doctor's appointment. Schedule a half a day off. Come in late. Oh, I'm going to be, um, I'm running late today. If taking a full day off for your moon time is too much, take the morning off. Take the morning off because you want to have some herbal tea. You want to spend a little extra, you know, intention setting time, prayer time, sitting outside on your back porch time. And then mm. go in at 10 o'clock. Now, I want to mention, since we're talking about it, and you mentioned tea, I know you make teas and, right? You make special. Mm-hmm. I do. I make a, um, tinctures remedies. and concoctions. Yep, <laughs> yep. concoct little potions and concoctions yeah. and things. Yeah, I, I do. I have transitioned to a more customized way of, working with others. I used to kind of, I don't want to say mass produce, but I would make, you know, quite a bit and then like do a show or, Mm. you know, do like a vend type of thing. And I would even do kind of like consultations over the phone, but it was, it was, um, it was more focusing on the physical aspects of, of where we might be out of balance. And so I've moved to a more customized way of working with our plant allies because I'm really intuitive and I know that the herbal blends that I make are on a level of energy support and spiritual support in awakening or in releasing or things like that. So um, now the blends that I make really are after we have had a a session Mm -hmm. and um, like an, either an herbal, like a shamanic herbal session, like a reading, or we've had a healing session. And these herbs now are showing up in your vibration as wanting to support you. And so now I'll make that blend and I'll mail it out if it's someone who I'm working with um, distance-wise. But I don't, I don't create the blends like I used to. I now teach um, other herbalists 
how to do that. Ah, so you do that as part of the services you provide? Yes, I have an I have an herbals um, academy that I've actually had for this is our fourth year mm. in our Intuitive Herbal Mentor Academy, um, and so that is being transitioned over to Soul Care University. So now people will be able to learn the way I learned, and they will be able to learn about the intuitive herbalism and how to deeply connect with nature, and also how to learn remedies and how to make their own herbal teas or make their own tinctures, but from a perspective that is um, of honor and respect of Pachamama, the earth. Ah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> While we're defining terms, um, there's another phrase you mentioned that I would like for you to explain a little bit more for some who are listening who may be completely new to these concepts, which, as I said to you well, before we started recording, if you and I had had this conversation the first time, I would have been like, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm surprised how much my understanding has evolved in the past year. But um, I know some people who are listening might be like, what is this? So they're like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> And then they can come back a year later and listen and go, oh, okay, I get it, I get it. Yeah. But um, what what did you mean when you said the two worlds and you said the other side? Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. So I'll explain it the way um, my, my therapist that I used to see, and I would see her and I would talk to her about different clients I had. And I had a particular client, um, a girl, and she was very – she, she could, like, she would talk about, you know, her dead grandma or, you know, her, her friend who had passed away. And, you know, and so I was talking to my therapist about it and she's like, you know, sometimes people's have a thin veil. So we have this side where we're all a lot of living at and we're all in this three dimensional world and, you know, everything is very tangible. We can touch the teacup we can we can see our friends who are here and we interact with them she's like and then we have this veil and on the other side of this veil is the spirit realm it's a place where you know her grandmother is and it's a place where her friend is it's on the other side of that veil and some people that veil is really thick you can't see through it you can't hear it's like almost like a thick wall, but there is something on the other side of that wall. Just can't see it, just can't smell it. Just you just have no idea what's going on. And then there that that wall, there are these varying stages of lucidness, right? So now it's like I can't see through it, but maybe I can hear or. I'm starting to get little images because the veil is it's thinning. So and it's, that story kind of explains how some people are just very connected to that spiritual realm, that those other dimensions, we'll say. And sometimes the veil is just really thin where you can hear or you can see. So I have conversations with my father all the time, and my father passed away seven years ago. My veil is just really, really thin. We have a great relationship. 
that's an example of kind of that other side and this side. So a shaman, um, a, a medicine person, a lot of times that veil is very, very thin. And there's this, this, this constant communication that's going on between this other side of this veil and this side. And there's incredible information and insight and wisdom coming from that side of spirit that we all have access to. We are all able to work at thinning the veil. And usually it happens through meditation. Mm. The more we meditate, the more we get intuitive. Like, ooh, the phone rings. Oh, I bet you that's so-and-so. And sure enough, it is. That's that veil thinning a little bit. Or you have that intuitive feeling when you're working with someone that there's something else going on with this client, but he just or she's just not saying it, but you know, you feel it. And you, and, but it, it's, it goes beyond the, that training. It's mm-hmm. something else, you know, that's kind of in there. That's that veil that's thinning. That's that information that's on the other side that's being transferred to you that you're picking up on that can help and support that client with more insight into their healing. So that's what I mean by that other side. Okay, so does that, just to reflect back what you said and see if I understood it, does that mean connecting with people who are no longer living, like you mentioned with your father, and intuition in general? So, yeah, so when I say the other side, I'm talking about other dimensions. Okay. So we have three dimensions, and then we have four and five and, you know, beyond. It's just other dimensions. Four and five? (laughs) I don't know about this. (laughs) Oh. The fourth dimension, the fifth dimension, I guess? Okay. Yes, exactly. So I Hmm. always tell this story about the ant. This is is what my father told me uh, when I was first opening up to my spirituality. He said, you know, an ant... An ant lives in three dimensions. An ant is crawling on the ground, and the ant doesn't know that you're looking at him. You can move your hand around him, and he's just going to keep on walking along his little path, doing his thing, completely unaware that I'm standing there making faces at him. He said, a bird, however, a bird knows when you're sneaking up on him. You can't sneak up on a bird. Birds are aware of you as a person. So that ant is living in a certain amount of dimensions. But just because he can't see you there making faces at him and sneaking up on him doesn't mean that you don't exist. So if I consider myself an ant, why should I think that there aren't other dimensions around me just because I can't see them? Yeah. So that's how he explained other dimensions of existence to me, because he said that as you begin to meditate, it begins to open and thin the veil. Thank you for explaining that. You're welcome. And I think about how like before they had microscopes, (laughs) they Mm. didn't believe germs were real, right? Like, yeah, (laughs) just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there we just don't have the understanding and then some people can see it Mm -hmm. 
I think one of the things that's really interesting to me about this conversation is that the more we as therapists open to possibilities beyond what we see and know, know that are tangible, Mm -hmm. the more our clients will share with us, in my experience, those situations that occur in their lives too. Yes. Um, You know, I mean, I, I've had clients who, when I became more open and mentioned something, maybe I mentioned something in passing about crystals and that opened a conversation where the, the client who I may have been working with for over a year suddenly felt like they could share Mm. something about hearing spirits or seeing, Mm -hmm. seeing spirits and things like that. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that's a part of them that they didn't feel they could share until Mm -hmm. I became more open. Yes. Yes. So you became more aware that it was okay to share. Right. It's like they sensed that I wasn't someone it was safe to share Mm -hmm. that with until Mm -hmm. I opened and then they felt it was safer and then they could bring more of their whole self to therapy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you bought more of your whole self to therapy. Yeah, exactly. So there's no need Mm -hmm. to be afraid of what we don't maybe fully understand, but just mm-hmm. to be open to learn more about it. And and I'm so grateful to you for explaining these things. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so grateful that you're asking the questions. <laughs> that's the only way. Yeah. So, you know, going back to that idea of hiding and again, as we were talking before, I know I've felt that, you know, you have to be a certain way to be perceived as credible and legitimate. And the more I relax how I feel I need to show up in order to be accepted, the more I'm comfortable with myself. And I think the more comfortable people become with me, Mm -hmm. especially the people who are really on the same kind of frequency as I am, Mm -hmm. the ones I want to connect with the most. Right. Like you. Yeah. And And you. Yeah. Yeah. Like us. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm thinking about how you, you were talking about in Soul Care University, how you teach people to use the practices that you've learned. And Mm -hmm. you and I also talked offline about how you supervise um, energy workers of all different stripes in, in their practice. And I was thinking about how someone might learn Reiki, but Mm -hmm. they, they don't have a business and they don't have, you know, credentials to make them feel that they can Mm -hmm. legitimately say, I practice Reiki. So then they have something that they could be sharing, but they don't know how, how they can. And I think there's so many ways that people have those abilities like astrology Mm -hmm. and crystal healing and so many things. So I love that you're kind of giving that guidance. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. I struggled for many years of what letters to put after my name to make me more um, acceptable or more credible until now I've just gotten rid of all of them because (laughs) they don't mean anything really. Yeah. Um, And it was my Reiki master who I was attuned under that worked with me for a year 
so intimately, so personal. She was my one of my first teachers about of parts work. Um, she just was so amazing in how she helped me to bloom and blossom and deepen and shift and change. That the shamanic supervision really is patterned after how she helped me. So it's kind of everything I do and everything I share seems to be patterned after how I walked it or how someone helped me. And now I'm wanting to help others, you know, to the sharing of the practices of the things that I did. I always would get those questions about how do you do that? How do you, how do you, how are you taking care of yourself? And I would tell people and I would really get that it was easier for me and not so easy for them. And so I began to break things down into smaller steps and then they, they, they got it a little bit better. And so that, that's part of that really giving myself permission to show up regardless. But, you know, I'm not going to like sit here and lie that that takes a lot of work Mm -hmm. because, you know, I got to go through all my my shadow stuff and I'll do all my inner work, all my worthiness stuff to really be able to show up just like in this conversation. You know, I could not have had this conversation a year ago. Hmm. So it's not just me. No, (laughs) (laughs) no. And the conversation that I did have with you, I I talked about things that I had not talked about. So I was take it was a step. Yeah. You know, we were both Um, stepping out of our comfort zone then. Yes. Yes. Kind of stepping out and talking about, you know, some of the meditative stuff I do and how I see the different parts of different people and things like that. That was a big step. Mm. So I I hope that answered your question. Yeah, it did. And I think for, I think for maybe people who are listening, who are saying, Hmm, I'm a, I'm an intuitive or I'm a, Mm -hmm. a crystal healer or angel Mm -hmm. counselor. And I don't know where I fit. I think it might be kind of reassuring to hear us both saying like, we weren't quite sure at one point too. Yeah. (laughs) And that you can help them figure it out. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that kind of led me to that was having been in that social work practice and knowing that I had support as a counselor. I had someone that I could go to and I could staff my cases and I can talk to and, and she helped me to develop my, my, my practice as a, as a counselor working with the girls that I was working with. But as far as my spiritual practice because i i've always done this side by side so while i was in college i was also learning about herbs and while i was doing this i was you know always had this spiritual aspect of myself there really wasn't anyone who could support me so i had an herbal teacher great but for some of the other things that were going on i didn't necessarily have a mentor I had my Reiki master, but she was mostly supporting me with the Reiki and, you know, the energy. Um, but she also supported me with some of the other life stuff and, and philosophy. And so 
it just kind of became clear that, yeah, when you're an intuitive or you're an angel therapist or you work with gemstones or you may not have anyone to go to, but you still need that that support. Like when I'm when they're working with different clients and who who is supporting them through that process. And so, yeah, I wanted to create something that could be supportive in that way. Well, I think it is is a beautiful offering and it's going to be and probably already is what you're already doing in addition to Soul Care University is a beautiful support to all of those people who want to bring their healing gifts to the world. Yeah, thank you. So do you want to tell our listeners anything else about kind of what you have to offer or you think they should just go to your website and check it out or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, they can go to my website and they can uh, read about the different offerings that I have. You know, I don't, I don't have a huge amount of clients that I see now. I'm mostly focused on developing different programs for the university and eventually going to start looking for other practitioners who want to offer e-courses on the site. That's, um, That's that part of me that I'm very community focused. And so I don't have it all. It takes a community. And so one my longer vision is that I have other um, practitioners and teachers who might have a, a course who they are wanting to get out there. And so, and it's in alignment with the, you know, that soul care, that soul nourishment philosophy. And then um, eventually I want to, you know, start adding those things on there at some point. So that's something that I'm working on. And yeah, just, the classes are on there. People can go to the website and there's a link to have access to see what classes are being offered. I have an e-course right now that's Awakening Your Feminine Power with Grandmother Moon. And mm. that's probably the, the program that I have that most closely mirrors how and what I did and do for so many years to support me. So you get two meditations that are or healing transmissions that you can listen to on the new and full moon. There's nature wisdom. There's activities that you can um, like prompts like soul work. So it's like I I list questions that you can ask yourself. I introduce ritual and how to create personal ritual, which was a huge, like that was my one day off. I did personal ritual. So the rituals are there and I just I walk you through this self-guided um, process over 13 months, 13 moons each month, um, getting new activities and you just keep building on the last. So that's the program that's most closest and dearest to my heart because it really is me on a plate. So if I could share anything, it would be that to check out the Awakening Your Feminine Power with Grandmother Moon. Wonderful. And tell us your website. Yeah, it's Shantae.com. That's C-H-O-N-T-E-A-U.com. Yep, that's what it is. 
Shante, thank you so much for coming back to Therapy Chat today. I really enjoyed this conversation and I can't wait to share it with our audience. Awesome. I'm excited as well. And thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. All right. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com.